Deborah, you're listening to Metal Gear Mondays, Deborah. Deborah, Deborah, the kids want to listen to Metal Gear Mondays, Deborah. They enjoy the Metal Gear series of video games, Deborah, and they want a podcast where they can where they can listen to people talk about it, and they can go to patreon.com slash Metal Gear Mondays, Deborah, if they want to support the show, Deborah. This week on Metal Gear Mondays, Alessio goes back and reads some old emails that he forgot in his inbox because he's an irresponsible adult, and he apologizes profusely to everybody. I'm sorry. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls, welcome to Metal Gear Mondays as Always, I'm your host, Alessio Summerfield, and this is the show where we cover Metal Gear Solid and all things Metal Gear from top to bottom, inside and out, left to right, right to left, uh, hopefully in chronological order. Um, I am this week joined by Isaac Lim. Hi. How's it going, guys? And returning <laughs> international guest, Ben Garibaldi-Smith. Hey, guys. Great to be back. Thanks for having me. Sweet. Almost as if these were recorded right next to each other. I know. I could feel your... Don't ruin the magic. <laughs> Don't ruin the magic. We've been here for weeks, you guys. Um, but yeah, so uh, this is our side op for uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 Act 2. Um, actually, there's a lot less sort of Act 2 discussion and a lot more just kind of Metal Gear in general discussion. So we're going to read some of these um, and then take some time and just kind of chat about stuff related to general show coverage so anyway um i will get us started uh we've got two new itunes reviews and a twitter post that i wanted to talk about but before i do that i really quickly wanted to read an old email uh, there's actually two old emails in here that i should have read sooner um but it's my show and i can do what i want so i'm gonna read them now <laughs> Um, and, um, uh, just a little course correction here. So Adam Anderson, who is the, this first email, first listener response via email, um, I, he is the true, the true boss, 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 big boss, boss of the boss, hardcore mode, European extreme, no scope, 360, MLG, uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 champion, um, that was falsely attributed to Ben Garibaldi Smith. <laughs> Um, and, uh, Ben, I didn't ask you if you wanted that Garibaldi in the middle, but that's how you show up in my Facebook. So I'm just going to keep doing it. Um, yeah, that's cool. And, uh, and yeah, so Adam is the, uh, zero continues, zero, uh, health items, zero alerts, zero kills, Omega boss, mega mecha Hitler <laughs> robo boss. You've um, just emasculated me from the praise <laughs> that was put upon me the other week. Does, uh, how does life feel on the other side? Uh, ben, of that. It feels cold, cold and lonely. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, I'll read through this, uh, and here we go. Um, hi, my name is Adam. Hi, Adam. Um, that was me. That wasn't the email. Um, yeah, Adam's got multiple personality disorder. Um, so, hi, my name is Adam. Uh, I started listening to your podcast about two weeks ago before you took your break. I uh, want to let you know at least one listener stayed with you after the break. Thank you, sir. Um, since I came to the podcast late, let me tell you my story of the first three MGS games. Um, so, uh, Adam grew up with an N64 and a GameCube, but purchased a used PS1 specifically for Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9. Uh, one day when having nothing to play, uh, he went to a used game store and walked out with Metal Gear Solid for $10. Um, he heard it was good, but didn't know anything else about it. 
Um, he goes on to say, I was hooked instantly, and once I got a PS2, MGS2 was one of the first games that I got. Um, while I liked it, uh, I felt that the gameplay did not evolve enough from MGS1. It's my least favorite because of the gameplay. Um, I generally don't care for meta stories, as the main reading of the story is going to have to suffer for whatever message the director wants to say. Uh, so while the meta interpretation uh, that you love is strong, and the story uh, the story in, in the sense of the game is weak, um, and all of the following games suffer... Uh, from this one as they try to explain or handle plot threads that were introduced in MGS2 um, and never properly addressed. Hmm. Um, I love the game, but for these reasons, it's my least favorite of the three. Um, Funny story, uh, Adam continues, I was listening to your older podcast and playing along with your playthrough of MGS2. Um, I was right at the part when you were fighting with Snake and where the game would try to trick you into thinking it was breaking, um, and then the disk drive in my PS3 went out. I sat there for about five minutes thinking it was a trick from Kojima as the disc read error in the upper right corner kept flashing. Uh, MGS3 was the first one I bought new and uh, traded it in the day that subsistence version came out. Um, I have good memories of this one, but haven't come back to it as much. I really don't know why as I'm playing through it now while listening to your podcast in it and relearning to love it again. Um, I still feel that the original MGS1 is the best. Not having any baggage from the sequels that ignores the two PSX games helps create a more satisfying adventure. The mission feels more epic, the side characters are more fun, and the bad guys are more memorable. The build-up to the reveal of Rex was amazing, and when you took it down, it felt awesome. And then the reveal of Liquid as your twin brother and you being a clone of Big Boss. Um, I've played this one the most, and it is the most pick-up-and-play friendly, and being shorter is easy to complete in a weekend. It may be nostalgia, but I think that everything in the original MGS is just cooler and more memorable than two and three snake is cooler than Raiden. rex is cooler than ray or the shagohad liquid is cooler than solidus or volgan shadow moses is just better than big shell or russia i like how the shadow moses is just better than all of russia <laughs> um, one thing you forgot to mention in your coverage of metal gear one and two is that there's no mention of big boss being snake's father it was retconned into mgs1 yeah i wasn't sure i felt i feel like so we've been doing this show for over a year and I think SoundCloud says that it's almost 80 hours worth of content. So in that 80 hours of just talking about Metal Gear, um, I feel like it must have come up at some point, but maybe it was off the record. Um, but yeah, so for to set the record straight, Metal Gear 1 and 2, um, don't mention explicitly that Snake is in any way related to Big Boss, and that was retconned, um, as Adam has pointed out. Um, as being an MGS1, though I do think that later ports of MGS2 change the translation, but I can't be for sure. Anyway, Adam continues, sorry for the long message. I look forward to your coverage of MGS4 as it, as it was my favorite. I've since repaired my PS3 and am ready to play along with you guys. Keep up the good work. I'll be listening and chiming in. Um, and thank you so much, Adam, for being a Patreon, uh, a patron, uh, not a Patreon, a patron <laughs> uh, of the network and helping us out and being a part of the Slack. Um, we really appreciate you posting in the Slack. Um, and thanks for listening uh, and playing along while you listen. Um, even if we're in disagreement about Metal Gear Solid 2 being the coolest video game of all time. Um, what do you guys think of his points about Metal Gear Solid 2? Well, uh, I don't know. For me, I I kind of am on the fence. Like, I, I really like meta ideas, but I can, mm-hmm. I can understand from his perspective where there's a lot of plot, I don't want to say holes, but... Um, mm-hmm. Um, things they didn't really answer that they're having to kind of um, 
fum- fumble around as they go. Um, fumble in the dark? Yes. Uh, as I'm doing right now. <laughs> now well, and so, so I will say this. I think... So when I say that Metal Gear Solid 2 is my favorite Metal Gear, I feel like the caveat to that, or is it like one of my favorites, because I think Peace Walker is really high up there too. I think the caveat to that, though, is Metal Gear Solid 2 cannot exist in a vacuum. So like Metal Gear Solid 2... When I say Metal Gear Solid 2 is my favorite, I think what I'm saying is Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 combined. Because mm. to me, like, 2 can't be experienced without one your first-hand experiences from 1. Yeah. It's just impossible. Because, like, yeah. 2 is intentionally taking advantage of you having played 1 to do the things that it does. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a direct sequel, so you kind of need yeah. the backstory. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel yeah, like you couldn't just pick up and play two. It's, yeah. it's yeah, you have to know what's going on in one, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the only way it's able to pull any of its tricks is like not being taken as like its own game, but like being taken as almost like a continuation of what happened in the first game. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but yeah, one's also fantastic. I mean, shit, one's the reason why all of this happened. Um, Adam, I have a question for you, my good friend. Since you love Metal Gear Solid One. Um, and you said that you grew up with a GameCube. Did you ever play Twin Snakes? Because I'd be curious to see what you think of Twin Snakes. Uh, hmm. I think it ruined the game, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, Isaac, do you want to read this email that I may or may not have already read but found in my inbox from Matthew Smith? Yeah, let me do it. Um, when was this sent? Is this... A recent this one? Was, uh, no, it was late February. So both Adam and Matthews are from February. I just don't have any recollection, nor do I have any notes stating that Matthews was ever read. Ah, I got you. So well, hopefully this uh, isn't a repeat. We'll, <laughs> we'll do it again. I don't think it, I don't think we did, but I'll, okay. I'll read it. So Apologies Matthews, for the late, the late read, Matthew. Matthew Smith says, Switch to nano communication. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he says that's not me that's all matthew um so i've come across this little a little late better th- late than never but i love your podcast i was playing through the metal gear games like a madman as i've done so many times over the past 18 years um i was searching the web just looking for more metal gear info more metal gear tributes and just more metal gear period I listened to the podcast, commuting to work, and I rec- and randomly searched Metal Gear out of utter desperation. Couldn't believe when I found your podcast. I feel like I've met so few people in my life who, A, love Metal Gear the way I do, or B, uh, have, have even played the games. Uh, for being such an influential piece in gaming history, I've always found it troubling not to be able to connect to people on it. Such an expensive game with such a great story needs talking talked about needs to be talked about. You need to talk with other people about it to get different perspectives and share different experiences, which I definitely agree with. Um, but we'll talk totally. about that in a second. Do yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, uh, your podca- I think I agree with. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Let's all agree. Uh, <laughs> your podcast is exactly what us Metal Gear lovers lo- uh, need. Uh, <laughs> not speaking for everyone, but my personal experiences, uh, it's like being a part of a conversation I've always wanted to have, even though I'm listening to this months after you guys have moved on to different games in the series, 
And even though I'm not actually there with you guys, I feel like I'm uh, in the Metal Gear book club. Oh, thank you all for your hard work. Um, uh, I just put the hard in there for no reason. Thank you all for your work <laughs> you do. It's soft work. <laughs> uh, it's awesome to know I'm not the only one who just can't get enough Metal Gear. Thanks, Matt. Uh, by the way, I listened, I was listening to Metal Gear Solid 2 podcasts, and you were asking why Fortune didn't just kill herself if she wanted to die so bad. Just my observation, but I feel like it's a recurring theme to these soldiers, uh, for these career soldiers, the Metal Gear protagonists face. They're so, (laughs) they're so bad A that they've never dealt with any adversity worth their while. Uh, they want to meet an actual contender who can give them their final battle they've been looking for. Hurt me more! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's interesting. I can get by that. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, it's super weird to me too because I feel like in the in this like modern era that we live in with with video games, it's like you've got things like Dark Souls that have the um, passive multiplayer aspect of leaving notes. Um, But likewise, I would say outside of the game, you've got these really cool. Um, like the games are essentially kind of built in such a way to be esoteric on purpose so that you do those like grade school playground conversations where mm-hmm. you're like, oh my God, did you guys find that invisible wall? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's like those games are made for that. Um, and I feel like in, in a way Metal Gear also begs to have that happen, but not for the same reason. Um, like as a story, Metal Gear is like, these are some really interesting concepts. You should talk about them with people as opposed to like, did you find the secret shaver where you can shave Snake's beard in Metal Gear Solid 2? Um, so I don't know. I mean, I definitely, I dig that a lot. Um, and I definitely feel like, I mean, Ben, we talked about it a little bit last episode whenever we were introducing you and your background, but um, I don't encounter people that like Metal Gear on like a regular basis, if ever. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, think. I, like in work life, there's no one that, you know, <laughs> you mention the name of the game, they just look at you in a really blank way. There was a, like, a couple of guys I went to high school with, mm-hmm. but, you know, you know, you grow apart from people from high school. So, yeah, it's there's not that many people you can talk to about it. And that's the great thing about the podcast mm-hmm. is you, you can kind of geek out with them, mm-hmm. um, with you guys. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I will say, I, I think, so this is pre-podcast. It may have been the thing that pushed me to be like, fuck it, we got to do this podcast, was um, when Ground Zeroes came out, um, I remember I really wanted to play it, and I had worked like a full day, um, and uh, I want to say it was like midnight, maybe one in the morning, two in the morning, and I was driving around trying to find a copy of Ground Zeroes, um, and for whatever reason, none of the stores had it, and specifically, I didn't have a PS4 at the time, so I was looking for the PS3 version, and specifically that version, like, nobody seemed to have, so I finally went to, like, a Walmart somewhere way off the beaten path, because they said they had it, um, and when I showed up, there was another guy there, and we were both standing by the game case, and the woman came by and like opened it up and gave us both a copy of Ground Zeroes. And I turned and looked at the guy, and I was like, oh, man, I'm really excited about this. And he was like, oh, yeah, me too. And we talked on the way to the cash register um, about Metal Gear. And it was like the first time that I had talked about Metal Gear with somebody I didn't know hmm. in person, like <clears throat> ever. And that's when I was like, wow, that felt really cool. And like I went home, immediately finished Ground Zeroes in like two hours, 
Um, and then was like, <laughs> I got to do something else Metal Gear related because now I just really want to play Metal Gear. So like, let's do this show. Um, so I don't know. It's really cool to get these kind of messages. So I don't like to toot our own horn on the show too much, but I thought Matthews was pretty, mm-hmm. pretty poignant. And I feel like going back to the whole meta thing, it kind of begs the whole conversation because it's just kind of mind bending in the way that you can't keep it to yourself. And so I kind of, I kind of feel empathized with you guys. I mean, me, this is my first run through with all these games. So I have people to talk to immediately. Um, but for you guys playing this when it was released and having nobody to talk to, having all this crazy stuff happening and you're just like, wanting to talk to people and then not having mm-hmm. any outlet to talk to. Um, I, I, I don't know how you guys did it. <laughs> <A lot of laughs> the internet forums, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but. On the old dial of internet. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I remember like losing my mind over some like MGS two uh, random stuff back on dial up like forever ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just being a big thing, but cool. Um, Ben, would you like to read Mark Knight uh, and his email response? I sure will. So yes, yeah, from Mark Knight. Hi guys. I have a few thoughts I'd like to add for the side up podcast about act two. I lean heavily towards the Sam style of play at the, the power station, resembling Charlie Sheen in Hot Shots 2. What? <laughs> Hot Shots 2. Uh, racking up the body count into the hundreds so Isaac just got beat. Ah, um, <laughs> I want to see what your uh, kill count is at the end of this. Mark. <laughs> yes, definitely. Then a voice, presumably in Snake's head, began saying, You enjoy the killing, don't you? <laughs> I don't mind admitting that this freaked me out a little. I wondered if anyone else has encountered this. So I didn't hear that. Did, did you guys ever hear that? I didn't. Um, I can't remember. Was it Sam that said that that came on whenever he was in the Middle East killing dudes? I think it was like Liquid's voice. Yeah, he mentioned like, somebody kind of yeah. having some snide remark saying, you really like killing people. Yeah, and I think Snake then throws <clears throat> up and like his psych meter just vanishes. <laughs> like it just hits, like goes to nothing, essentially. Yeah. That's what you get for non-lethal playthroughs. You don't see that sort of thing. <laughs> anyway, just finishing off uh, from Mark. This is my most dislike area in the game as the South American environment for me just feels a little soulless. I think it may be that I'm unfairly comparing this to the jungles of MGS3 subconsciously, though. Lastly, on the big debating, debating, lastly, on the big debating point of the moment, no, the skin mode kit is in no way Yes. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Nice. Yeah, Mark added some stuff towards the end uh, about Act 3, but I figured we'd just hang on to that until Act 3. Um, mm. So, But yeah, thanks so much for the email, Mark. Uh, we ended up having a little bit of a discussion pertaining to his Act 3 observation, so I'll probably put most of that thread in the Act 3 show notes. So Or uh, side ops, but, but yeah. Yeah. Nice. So what did you guys think of Act 2? I don't think we really... Yeah. I had an overall conversation at the end. So he said he thought it was quite soulless. And I kind of get his point there where he thought it was a bit like the jungles in MGS3, and we mentioned that. Um, but, yeah, what did you guys think to the act overall? I uh, I dug it. Um, yeah, part of the reason why at the beginning of this side op I was like, yeah, we're going to talk some general stuff was because I was like, fuck, we didn't 
put like a stopgap at the end of the episode. Um, yeah, no, I dug it. Um, I actually liked the environment quite a lot, but I could easily see. Um, I don't know. Again, I like going back to like my love of things like the original Near for the PS3. Like, I very clearly am okay with environments being very drab. Um, so for me, I mean, I think. I'll concede that it's not as lush of an environment as it could have been. Um, but I think it works for what it's trying to do. Um, and I dug it. All right. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot. Like the, I like nature, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like the natural aspects of things. <laughs> no, I guess it just wasn't as like rich. Like it felt very much so like a this is an outdoor version of a hallway. Yeah. Like in a couple points. Yeah. Yeah, not like uh Snake's Revenge. <laughs> but we won't expand upon that. Um It's not canon, Isaac. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay. Um let's face it, Alessio, you, you like it because the wardozer reappears. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, I want a plushy wardozer. I need somebody to make that. That's hilarious. That'd be awesome, actually. With a little, like, militia man <laughs> that I can put in and out of the driver's seat. That's funny. <laughs> but, you know, I, th- I would have thought yeah. for somebody that liked MGS3, well, actually, I, I guess maybe I'm projecting. I don't know if Mark actually says he likes MGS3, but um, I feel like it brought back some nostalgia, for me at least, playing um, Act 2. Going through the jungles and um, whatnot, and more the more the outdoor woodsy as uh, environment. I don't know. I I kind of felt that nostalgic vibe of MGS three, but maybe it is a little soulless. Yeah, I uh, I think most people are going to agree with me when I say that I think act four is the coolest environment in the game. Um, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Mm-hmm. So, so f- I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it for Isaac. Cause for it's like, guys. I get to watch, I get to watch somebody open a Christmas present <laughs> for the first time. And I'm just like excited to see what happens for you guys. Um, would you guys agree with Mark saying that this was probably your least favorite act out of the five? Uh, I hate to say it, but yeah, I would. Uh, the five is my least favorite. Um, it, kind of, it, it it redeems itself slightly with that kick-ass riding cutscene at the end. You know, that, that for me is like the pinnacle of this act. Uh, but yeah, it is my least favorite of the five. I almost feel like... Wouldn't it have made sense for them to just extend out the Middle East and make him encountering Naomi just part of the first act? Well, she was there, wasn't she? So they could have done it. Yeah, because instead of them leaving mm. then, Snake could have just like followed them to like a compound and then just tried to save her and then done the boss fight there. Yeah. But, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I I mean, I, I think I like what Act 5 does as far as like the encounters, but like I, I think my least favorite act is Act 5. Um. Just from like I don't know, it's cool. It's got cool like cinematics and stuff, but from like a gameplay perspective, I don't. And maybe I'll be proven wrong when we get to it, but I think Act Two is better than Act Five from a gameplay perspective. <laughs> but I could, yeah, we'll see. Not a boss fight perspective. Yeah. <laughs> but cool. 
Um, cool. So let me read. Uh, I guess Sam Wright decided to send us an email. That's kind of weird. Sam, who's Sam? Um, I don't. <coughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, that name sounds vaguely familiar. I know it's uh, okay. So anyway, <laughs> Sam Wright uh, via email says, "Dear Chuckle Fucks." Whoa, whoa, whoa. A little off base. <laughs> me to inform you that I've obviously been unable to make these last two episodes of Metal Gear Mondays. This pains me because I've never missed a mainline episode of the podcast, and I really like this game. I especially like the part with the crazy octopus lady and getting a face mask so I can be a master of disguise. Uh, I also really like this part because of the near 30-minute cutscene you have to watch to understand stuff with Naomi. It's the best part, and I've been deprived on giving a beat-by-beat synopsis of this cutscene because of England. Oh dear, that's me. <laughs> uh, this is the final Sorry. straw, and I say this with the full knowledge that there are currently no additional straws. It's just a really good idiom to say when you're mad. In short, fuck you, nerds. I'm going to start my own Metal Gear podcast with hookers and blow, and I'm effectively boycotting Metal Gear Mondays until the next time I'm on it again. Don't call me. I have a new number. Love, Sam. <laughs> Man. Thanks, thanks, Sam. <laughs> Wow. I'm used, to, I'm used to this. Sam's a real roller coaster. <laughs> he loves you one day. He wants to wear your skin around the house another day. <laughs> but as it goes. Um, but yeah, so uh, real quick, I just wanted to touch on, we had a tweet from David, I believe it's Lydon, 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 Lydon. <laughs> Keep going. Lydon. Take your pick. Lydon. Take your pick. This is uh, David L. Y. D. O. N. That's uh yeah, lead on brother. That's a- at D L Y D S thirty two on the Twitter. Um he said at AC Summerfield, Big Boss is more compelling than Solid Snake, great visuals, deep systems and best soundtrack in the series, hashtag team peacewalker. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hashtag brofist. <laughs> um yeah, we continue to kind of talk back and forth and I was like, also it just dawned on me that Peacewalker might be the most political game in the series. Um because like every game talks about global politics, uh, but Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker uh, is like straight up all about some like Che Guevara esque like uh, like communist resistance shit, and just like very intensely about like the Cold War and stuff. Hmm. Um, so I don't know, but yeah, so we kind of went back and forth. But I thought this tweet was fun, so thank you, David Lydon, Lydon, <laughs> Lydon. L-Y-D-O-N. <laughs> thank you, thank you, sir. Um, Isaac, do you want to read this uh, iTunes review that we got from sure. a familiar face? From who? A familiar face. Oh, oh, okay. I know who you're talking about. So, we got another uh, review from Aperion. What up? What from up, sir? the Black Market Opera. Great band. Apparently they're back together or some, some something. Mm-hmm. Um, so check them out if you're in the area of them. <laughs> Without further ado, here we go. So today I found out that MGM has been back for weeks and almost covered all of MGS4. So yeah, some of us didn't know. But hey, I will spread the good news, especially because I haven't missed peace walker yet tj yeah uh ben we have another itunes review from the uk itunes store that uh, (laughs) i think you might want to (laughs) read so i I can read it if you want me to that's absolutely fine so uh this review is titled kept you waiting huh (laughs) 
Um, and it goes, I've been listening to MGM for a number of months since searching Metal Gear Solid in my podcast app to see what I would find. After listening to one episode, I was addicted, like Big Boss to his cigar. <laughs> I'm finally getting around to leaving my first iTunes review. The Aww. team, the conversation, the banter are all great. Every member of the team brings their own point of view to the show that really lends to expanding my view of the Metal Gear universe. Fumbling in the Dark with Isaac Lim is a personal favourite segment <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> Somebody get that guy a notepad and pen. It'll help him no end. <laughs> Alessio's encyclopedic knowledge of the series leads the way and Sam's hatred of Canada is concerned. <laughs> Anyway, a great podcast for anyone who is a fan of the Metal Gear series, be it the latest releases, the MSX releases, and everything in between. Peace out. It's just a box. And that was mine. <laughs> yeah, we did not plan that at all. I was just going through iTunes reviews before the episode and just happened to find it. So, Ben, thanks for reading Ben. It was good. It was Ben on Ben. It was weird. Ben on Ben. Yeah, that would be... Now that I'm thinking about it, that would be weird for me to like write into another show, then guest on that show, and then be asked to read my <laughs> review on the show. So I, thanks for doing that. I totally forgotten because you can see I left that at the start of February, and it's like the end of March now. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll. Uh, I'll get. I'll get better about checking those, Ben. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> my bad. Um, but yeah, no, it's been great. Um, we've gotten quite a lot of reviews on iTunes um, since we've shifted streams. Um, so thank you guys so much who have already done that. If you haven't done that, it would really help us out to uh, get some boost in visibility since we did have to shift uh, podcast streams uh, around about episode 47, 48. Um, just because uh, I want to make sure that people who enjoy the show are able to find it again. Um, I'm sure we'll get a nice healthy boost in listeners once like Metal Gear Survive and a couple other things come out. Um, but until that day, we're going to keep trucking on. Um, but yeah, um, real quick, I just wanted to ask, so between MGS4 and Peace Walker, um, we're probably going to cover some of the mobile games. Um, like there's like, what is it called? Metal Gear Portable for the iPhone? That's essentially just like... It's like a Metal Gear Touch. Oh like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it was mm-hmm. like a, it's like almost like an on rails time crisis shooter that just summarizes MGS four. Um, that's pretty fun. But besides that, I also wanted to cover like Zone of the Enders, the second runner, because we never have. Um, and so I was kind of curious, Ben, are there any other like side things that are tangentially related to Metal Gear that you'd be interested in seeing the show talk about? Um, because it definitely dawns on me if we just power through the mainline games, like this show will be over in like six months or so. No, <laughs> God forbid a podcast end. Um, is there anything that you think, from your perspective, that like uh, lends itself to uh, Metal Gear being Metal Gear without us having covered it yet that you would be interested in seeing? Well, I think the thing is, though, Metal Gear spawns so many other games. So you, you can't you can't play through games that influenced Metal Gear because you know it was the epicenter of a ton of games that released after. But That's I can't true. think of anything beyond Metal Gear Touch, to be honest. That's true. Yeah, it'll be mm. good. Yeah, I think. Likewise, too, at some point, I do want to tackle some of Kojima's other stuff, so like Snatcher and like Police Knots um, and stuff like mm. that. Um, thanks to the glory of emulation and fan translations um we'll be able to 
<laughs> rock and roll on those things. But yeah, so um, later on down the line, we'll definitely talk about some cool extra stuff. Just because I really enjoyed doing like Metal Gear Acid 1 and 2 and some of those other sort of niche titles. But great. Um, did you guys have anything else you wanted to add before we close out the episode? Hmm. Uh, nothing from me. I said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad that um, Sam has not been on an episode in a while. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, so here's the real shit thing. The real shit thing is Sam's going to be on like two more episodes. Wait, really? Uh, yeah, because so Patrick Smith of uh, Twin Humanities um, podcast is going to be on the episode after this. Oh, you're right. For Act 3. And then Patty's going to be on the listener response episode for that. Uh, so thanks to England, Sam's going to be gone for like four episodes. So. I think I doubly annoyed him by singing the bumbling in the dark theme. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. So yeah, yeah, it's wild, but I, I think Sam should just blame his work schedule and not anybody. Yeah. Else, so Cool. Well, great. That sounds good. Blame the Welsh. He's done that before. Oh, no. Everybody does. <laughs> so I hear. Um, I know nothing about what Welsh history is, so I'd be curious as to why people make them the butt of jokes. But one day, one day, I will do that. Uh, I think that's it. Are we good? That's it. Could be. Somebody. Yeah. Somebody wanna, that's all of them. Somebody want to put a box around that? Yeah. Couldn't put a can on it. Just put it in a box. It's just a box. What's in the box? <laughs> just a box. Mm-hmm.